Welcome to the Missionaries Podcast. Stories from the mission field for everyone, for you to listen, learn, and enjoy. Your host for today is Martin. Welcome everybody to this new podcast. This time we're going to talk about be more creative, get more effective. And I want to say welcome to our very, very, very special guest of today, Carl Joshua. Carl Joshua is a pastor from Durban, South Africa. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and hello to the listeners. It's great to be here. I um, I actually dug you up on the interwebs uh, to see what you were doing. And I was quite surprised, actually, uh, just for the people at home, just to give them a, an idea who we're talking with. Um, you're a pastor of the Reformers Bible Church. Yep. How many people do attend uh, approximately every Sunday? Around 40 to 50. Uh, the Lord's been good. Well, and, and um, well, th- this podcast is mainly for um, missionaries and pastors, mm. and a lot of pastors would be discouraged when they say, "Well, well, yeah, we've got around fifty people, and th- that's that's about it." Uh, but then I dug a little bit more, and then I found Heart, Mind, and Spirit Ministries on YouTube. Yeah, how many people do attend there? Well, uh, we have about 2,000 plus subscribers, um, and that's just on YouTube. We get a lot more views in that consistently throughout uh, every video. And uh, as for our social media influence, that's well into the thousands as well. Um, God's been good there too. And uh, well, then we dug a little bit deeper, and then we found Reformed Faith Forum, and that has approximately 100,000 followers. Yeah. I mean, in comparison to 50 people who attend on a Sunday, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And um, yeah, so so the topic for today is um, be more creative, get more effective. Um, Just to give the people at home just just a little bit of idea about your YouTube videos. Uh, Yeah, you're preaching in the church. And approximately 50 people are there. But I bet you recycle the topics uh, that you use in your church to your online ministry. Mm. And I saw topics like, I I love the topics, by the way. Uh, Should a Christian listen to secular music? Wow, that's a tough one. Uh, This one is actually great. Um, For the people at home, please sit in your chair. Should a Christian date a non-Christian? Mm. Wow, way to go, brother. <laughs> or is baptism necessary for your salvation? Mm. I mean, talking about topics, those are tough topics, brother. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. We, um, we're a reformed, systematic, expositional preaching church. And so we are forced to go through the Bible one verse at a time, chapter after chapter, verse by verse. And... It's amazing how God's word just penetrates every single subject that we could possibly cover. So really when I'm preaching, I'll touch on a certain uh, secular topic or something like that that needs addressing. And really the videos are just recycled sermons that have been edited into a shorter format. So people are still getting the rich exegetical format of God's word. And they hearing 
it in a way that's easy to understand. Um, it's complex enough that the theologian can spend a great deal of time on it, and it's simple enough that even the eight-year-old can listen to it. And I, I know this because I've gotten that type of feedback from both of those types of people. So um, to God be the glory for that. And yeah, those, those topics are ones that uh, people email into us, and we're more than happy to cover it. So um, we, we do actually listen to our audience, and we uh, do our best to serve God uh, in the capacity that he's given to us. Wow, in all honesty, um, and I think that, that that's the reason why we invited you in our show for today. Um, I hope that a couple of missionaries, well, are getting, or at least start to think, uh, how can I be more creative? How can, how can I use or reuse my content mm. uh, two, three, four times on the same topic and reach way more people than the, in between air quotes, uh, just 50 people who attend on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's wow. Mm. Yeah, I'm impressed. Um, I looked in the uh, Reformed Faith Forum. I, I love it, actually. Um, just for the people at home, um, I see a lot of quotes uh, coming uh, come by from John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, yeah. uh, Paul Washer, Justin Peter. So that, that's, that's, the, that's the direction, I guess. Um, I like that it's said, you're doing that with two other admins. I like that it's said, although it's labeled as reformed, um, our faith is based on the biblical teaching of Christianity and our aim is, and that, that got me curious, and our aim is to return uh, the church to a God-centered view of human history and eternity. Um, and that got me tickled. Return the church. Well, you know, one of the things that's so interesting, whenever you ask a reformer uh, or someone who holds to a reformed soteriology or reformed understanding, what is what does it mean to be reformed? What is reformed theology? Uh, you will often hear the history. You will hear about Luther, Calvin, Germany, um, and the entire Reformation, which is 100% true. But really, when we look at the Reformation and what it means, I'd like to simplify it down to its absolute basic essentials. When we say reformed, we understand that the word was given to us by God to man. So the word was formed. And then man came with its sin throughout human history. We see that the sin of man tends to deform that word. It's used for their own common gain. It's abused as a license for immorality and so on and so forth. And then during the 1400s, 1500s, where you get guys like Jan Hus and Martin Luther, they just said, okay, let's bring it back to God. Let's bring it back to the original word as it is. So there was formed, there was deformed, and then we brought it back. So it's reformed. Yeah. So that is the basic essentials of defining what we mean by reform, just going back to the authority of God's word, looking at uh, how we are saved. We know that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, all for the glory of God alone, as revealed through the scriptures alone. So that's basically reformed theology in a nutshell, and that's what reformed faith forum aims to do, sharing and edifying the body of Christ through social media, 
uh, and giving them sound biblical uh, doctrinal teachings, uh, sometimes through memes, through videos. But you know what? God has used it. Um, and all glory be to him for that. Yeah, and God has used it. I mean, we were just before we started the recording, we were debating about, hey, how long does your YouTube channel run? Well, that, that's just a couple of years that the thing is up. Uh, it's it's uh, it went up during the lockdown uh, slash COVID. Well, that's that's just a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been online for close to three years now. Um, I remember being ordained about a week before. Uh, level five, well, in this country, it was level five lockdown. The entire world uh, got locked down. And um, it was a week before that that I got ordained. So it was kind of interesting. Um, but my profession, my vocation at the time was a videographer, um, learning how to do things like editing, uh, not just video, but sound as well. So we were forced to take everything that we did and put it online which actually leaned into my vocation quite a bit. Um, so the quality of the video, the sound was was a lot better than most. And even though we had a congregation starting off at around um, 12, 15 people, once you put it on Facebook, the, the views, the amount of people that were interacting with us um, was excellent um, and it would grow day by day by day. And um, we just kept that going until uh, the Lord, by his sovereignty, chose to lift the restrictions and we were able to go back physically. But um, as you can see, it's, it's benefited us immensely and, we, and we've kept running with it because it is still a viable platform where people are being reached with the credibility of the gospel and sound expositional preaching. Well, humanly speaking, in all in all honesty, when you get ordained and they actually shut your church down the, the very same day and or week, um, it, in all honesty, from a human perspective, not from a godly perspective, mm. uh, a lot of people will think, oh, well, he thought he was going to be a pastor for a church, but I, I guess God's blessing is not on, <laughs> was not on him. Um, and humanly speaking, and I guess, well, I'm pretty straightforward. I, I would think, okay, we're done. Uh, he had a weird plan in his head. It was definitely not God's mm. plan. God is very, very firm. Shut down the church. Find another job. But this also shows that God very often has a way better plan than we do. Mm. And that we as humans should give more, give God more credits, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. Not write people off or write ideas off. Um, give God a chance, I guess, instead of filling it filling it out for Him. Yeah, uh, and you know, one of the since you mentioned it, brother, um, during that time, it was there was temptation to just close up shop, um, but at the same time, you also have to acknowledge that. Listen, God has given you gifts. He has given you the ability to do whatever you need to do for his glory. And his glory and his purpose will never come back null and void. Um, nothing that God ever does fails. So if you are called by him and you are called for a purpose, and regardless of what season it is, if it's summer and everything's nice, everything is 
rainbows and unicorns or whether it's in the midst of the storm and if you're wet and muddy, sometimes you just have to get down dirty in the trenches and just work at it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people should understand and know this by now. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, uh, brothers, surely you know that you are destined for these trials. Um, and there is nothing about the Christian life that says that it will be easy all the time. There will be times where it may, you may have some degree of prosperity. Things are going quite well. But don't expect that to last because sin is going to sin. And um, we're going to make mistakes. People around us are going to make mistakes and it's going to make things difficult. But still, the Lord's people must prevail and the Lord's people must persevere and God's purpose will be fulfilled. And if we don't enter into any of these uh, trials and tribulations with that mindset, then if you have determined your own failure and you are working towards your own failure, do not expect God's hand to be at work if you aren't doing the work yourself. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that need to be done. Uh, I think a lot of pastors, a lot of missionaries, um, and I love them all and I pray for them, but um, in all honesty, we, we need to get a lot more braver and we need to get a lot more stronger and remember who it is we are serving. It's an audience of one every time we get behind the pulpit. It's an audience of one every time we get behind the mic or get in front of the camera. Um, and we need to keep serving no matter what. How much time, I mean, you've, uh, when you started, you thought, hey, uh, or well, God told you, hey, start a church. Uh, well, so you listened and you thought, okay, so we'll start a church that didn't, well, it did work out in the end, but it got shut <laughs> shut down the first week um how i'm thinking if if this whole covid lockdown thing didn't happen the situation would have been way different uh, humanly speaking i would say hey you just started your in between air quotes uh, your own church so you'll go 100 for that goal and go online? No, why? I don't have the time for that. I'll have to uh, start the church. That's where all my energy goes. Mm. Uh, and then God did stuff or allowed things uh, that d we didn't plan. So I'm curious, how much time do you actually spend in per percentage-wise uh, for your online ministries and how much time do you actually spend on your church? That's a great question. Um, so when it comes to online ministries, uh, dealing with Facebook live streams or pre-recorded YouTube sessions, um, I actually don't spend that much time. Uh, we've used technology to the best of our ability to ensure that we are economical with our time. Um, I write articles uh, adapted from the sermons, which I mold into a script for YouTube. Uh, so that saves me a, a ton of time. But if since you asked for a percentage, I would say maybe 25% of my time uh, would be dedicated just to my online ministries. And the rest is dedicated to the church because the ministry time that's dedicated to the church subsequently will be reinvented for social media. Um, so it saves me time on both ends. 
Um, and it's not so much about working harder, but working smarter. Um, and God gives you that ability to, to do that. Um, and it is by his grace, once again, that we're able to, to serve him in creative ways and creative means to stick with our topic. And if we don't engage in that, we miss out actually reaching the people that we can potentially reach with the credibility of the gospel. And I've, I've had many brothers who have reached out and said, oh, you know, we, we want to do this. We, we want to do YouTube and stuff, but, we, but we're pastors. Some of us are not 29 years old like you are when we don't have as much energy uh, as, as you do or the expertise with editing or whatever. Um, well, this is where we need to learn to delegate. And we also need to learn how to use the gifts of those who are also serving in the ministry. And by God's grace, uh, it started out with just me uh, editing the videos, editing the sound and putting everything together. But over time, uh, now by God's grace, our church members um, serve in the HMS Ministries team. Some of the guys edit the video, edit the audio. And really all I'm doing now is just being in front of the camera and I'm sending it off and leaving everything to them. So again, not necessarily working harder, but working smarter. You don't necessarily, uh, just because you're doing social media ministry does not mean you're neglecting your church ministry. If you know how to do it, if you know how to work at it, it can actually be of great benefit and no area of your ministry suffers at all. Um, so God gives you the grace, God gives you the ability, and God gives you the people as well as the resources in order to make these things happen. And you need to trust him in those uh, occasions. Um, so it's, again, 25% uh, and then uh, the rest is all for the church. And it's been working quite well for the past three years. Yeah, I guess that's also the, the good order to do it, I guess. Um, your focus shouldn't be pump out as much content as possible. Your, your, your focus should be on bring a biblical uh, message, bring the, the full gospel and not just a part of the gospel or even worse, a false one. Mm. So the focus should be on bring a full gospel to the people. Um, tell people in your church how they can be, um, the, the, the people in the church is more discipleship, I guess. Uh, teach them more about who God is. And that's where the focus should be. That's the core business. Yeah. But if you're, a little bit more creative as your case is a great example um, you can use and re reuse and reuse the same content and reach way more people than you th first thought um, we, we, we try to do the same it's in a way different level though mm -hmm. um, we've we have conversations with homeless people or with uh, refugees from the Ukraine mm -hmm. and when we have a good conversation with somebody, we put it on our website, we put it on the blog. And to put it on the blog is 10 minutes work, and that's it. So the conversation with the refugee is an hour, an hour and a half. That's, uh, well, that's a one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. But then we 
get a part of the conversation and put it out online and it reaches it reaches way more than one person yeah. uh, some of the blogs are read uh, a gazillion times and then you start to think hey hang on let's do this more let's spread the same message in a different format to way more people and in conversation one it it could be around, it could be evangelism but if we see a person come to Christ we can tell the story to other people and then it's more um, discipleship and it's way more effective and sometimes the conversation with other people about the first conversation yeah. is very interesting it's very interesting oh man yeah definitely is what would be your top tip to fellow missionaries or pastors if we talk about this topic to be more creative or more uh, and in that way get more effective is there a top tip that you want to give to them so the goal of the missionary is essentially to fulfill the great commission matthew 28 verse 18 through 20 um all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we must remember that Jesus, when he spoke during that time, the means by which the message was transmittable was via letter and via word of mouth through speaking to individuals or speaking to a group of people. Now, when it comes to the old uh, traditionalist uh, evangelist or missionary, we are, we're all taught the same way. Um, we're told that you reach people, you speak to those people, and you keep going with that format. And it's there's nothing wrong with that format. In no way am I saying that's the wrong way of doing it. It's the right way of doing it, actually. But we must also engage with where people are. And where people are, there is a populace. Where there is a populace, there are ears. Where there are ears, there is a message to be spoken. So the means by which missionary work, fulfilling the Great Commission, can happen isn't just limited to that one-on-one -on -one conversation or printed materials or even public sermons. The how, I believe, has been opened for us uh, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we reach people where they are. Um, the question could be that, so Pastor Carl, are you suggesting that going online to spread the gospel could be a creative implementation of that command? Yes, I certainly believe it is. Um, just think what life has like, uh, what life has been like over the past two or three years. We went through COVID. All of us were locked down. We had no other choice. Um, yes, we fought the COVID lockdown tooth and nail, uh, but there was still work to be done from where we were. People were online in their droves. Um, people are now, even now, even though lockdown is, is over, they're spending a considerable amount of time online. So shouldn't we as evangelists, shouldn't we as missionaries, shouldn't our efforts meet the people where they are 
and not just where we want them to be or where we're used to them being. Um, I believe that through online evangelism, uh, air quotes, we can literally reach people from all nations, echoing the mission given to us by Christ in Matthew 28. Um, and I, I do anticipate, and I have received a lot of backlash for that. Uh, and I've had brothers and sisters tell me, um, you know, we, we argue that nothing can replace uh, face-to-face uh, contact. And a lot of people will say, oh, but what you're doing is replacing it. And the thing I would say to that is that it's not about replacing one method with another but rather enhancing and expanding our outreach and expanding our reach to people with the credibility of the true gospel. Just think how many more people we can reach by incorporating the digital aspect to our traditional methods of evangelism. The same traditional biblical gospel that we have known that saves to the utmost, uh, that has the power to save the most wretched sinner can still be disseminated through these social media platforms. So all we are doing is we are merely adapting to the changing times and using available tools and resources to further carry out that great commission. There is no sin in that. There is no problem in that. We are still glorifying God through that. But from our perspective, we need to learn that the method of one-on-one talking to people is great it's brilliant and we must always pursue that as the first alternative and the first method because that is what christ gave us but we can expand beyond that and achieve the same goal that that one-on-one conversation did as is commanded by the scriptures you reach people with the credibility of the gospel how you do it is important as well and how many people you reach with it is just as important too. And with that, we come to the end of our show. Thank you, for, thank you all for listening. We would like to say thanks to our brother all the way from South Africa, Carl Joshua. Thanks for being here. Thank you, brother, for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. God bless you. It was a pleasure, definitely. Please do like, subscribe, follow, or, or whatever, and talk to you soon. God bless. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Missionaries Podcast. For more information about this podcast and how you can help us, visit www.me.pl. God bless and keep up the great work for his glory.